chapter 15. And we, I'm just going to go about six verses into 16. I think we're doing well here. So David constructed buildings for himself in the city of David. He established a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. You know, that, that, that sentence makes me a little bit leery about what was it David built? Was it the tabernacle or was it just a tent? You know, it, it seems like if he had built the right thing, we would have used the right words, doesn't it? So, yeah. Well, this is what David actually was dealing with. This is the city of David. Um, the, the, what uh, slopes, those little trees, what slopes upward to the right and to the top will be the Temple Mount. It's where today the Muslims have their shrine, um, uh, the Shrine of the Rock there. And this is just a little nub and finger of the city of David. Just a few city blocks from, say, here to... What's a couple thousand feet from here? From, from where we are back that away to the new quick trip? You know, or, or to where, uh, uh, what used to be there? That was the old runnings. Um, you can, oh, New Alm Directions. It's what this used to be and that used to be and so forth. And anyway, it's, you know, 10, 10 or so blocks. And David lived apparently at the top of the hill. So if I can give you the arrow here. David set up a house, and the foundation of that house still exists. It's been uncovered in Jerusalem. Solomon built his, his temple, his, uh, his uh, house, right up against the temple complex, up the, up the hill quite a ways. So Solomon had a stairway that went up into the temple itself. Solomon's right next to the church. Um, but David was down the hill at the top of everything. And I think he probably pitched a tent for the Lord for the, for the ark there, maybe where, uh, where the buildings are, kind of behind the house or something like that. Somewhere in the walls, but there, you know, there has to be room for it somewhere. But the people were going to come and make their sacrifices there and do things there. And David said, nobody is to carry God's ark except the Levites. So he got that part right. Because the Lord shows them to carry the ark of the Lord and to serve him forever. David gathered all Israel in Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord to the place that he had prepared for it. So now, he still doesn't quite have everything right, but at least he says, okay, Levites, you guys bring it, because I think you're supposed to. So it's on, it's on you guys now, at least. And now we have a couple of names, but some of these are pretty interesting. David gathered the descendants of Aaron and the Levites, representing Kohath, Uriel, the leader, and 120 of his relatives, why is the name Uriel a curiosity for us? Uh, in the Apocrypha, this name Uriel is one of the names of one of the angels. Raphael and Uriel in, in, in the Apocryphal books. This is not an angel, this is a guy, but I thought I'd mention that. Representing Merari, where Asiah, um, Asiah 220 of his relatives, Gershom, Joel the leader, and 130 of his relatives. This Joel might be the son uh, or brother of, is it Nathan the prophet? Um, this guy, we heard about him uh, last time. Representing um, um, Elizaphan was Shemaiah and 200. Uh, the sons of Hebron were Eliel and 80. And then Uziel, Aminadab, and 112. So about 700 Levites are there to carry the ark. 
When we have a funeral, how many people carry the casket? Six, seven, or eight. I've seen it with as few as four. Um, four is kind of a struggle, but in a smaller funeral, the funeral director takes one side, I take the other side, and somebody, we grab Art Laney, and you know, just a couple of us walk it out and like that, but I've seen six. In some depictions of the Ark of the Covenant, I sometimes see, I think, artists cheating. They take a photograph of people carrying a casket and then they just doctor it up to look like the Ark of the Covenant. But you didn't carry it down here. You carried it up on your shoulders. You know, so it's a little bit, little bit different. David summoned the priests Zadok and Abiathar and the Levites Uriel, Azahiah, um, Asiah, I should say, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Aminadab. He said to them, you are the leading fathers of the descendants of Levi. Consecrate yourselves, you and your brothers. So they had a special bath to take change of linen and so forth, uh, all to do. And David continues, bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to the place prepared for it, because the first time when you were not there, the Lord our God burst out against us because we did not inquire about and follow the proper procedures. David admits, I didn't read the directions. So now go do this and do it right. The priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring up the Ark of the Lord, the God of Israel. The descendants of Levi carried the Ark of God with poles on their shoulders, as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. I want to go back a slide or so. Where's Kohath, Merari, Gershom? Which group actually carried the Ark? Do you know? It was Kohath. Which group is the smallest here? Kohath. Kohath. But they were the ones who were supposed to carry the ark. So there were, there were, there were 120 of them. There are plenty of guys. If they're going to do it, even eight guys at a time in shifts, they wouldn't have much of a problem doing it. David told the leading officials of the Levites to appoint their brother Levites as singers with musical instruments, harps, lyres, cymbals, to raise their voices for the people to hear with joy. So he doesn't slunk around. He's not happy. He's bringing it in. Difference between a harp and a lyre? I think a lyre is easily and probably U-shaped. Yeah. Harp in David's time may have been D-shaped. Kind of a big old thing. Uh, a little bit bigger. Maybe set it on the ground. Um, but a lyre is something you'd strum. Uh, probably, remember the, uh, the adage, Nero fiddled while Rome burned? Probably playing a lyre. Um, something like that. The Levites appointed, okay, these three names. Heman, son of Joel. From the Levites closely related to him, they appointed Asaph, son of Berechiah. And from their relatives who were the descendants of Merari, they appointed Ethan, son of Cushiah. These three guys ring bells in, in, in my mind. Heman wrote Psalm 88. Asaph wrote a dozen psalms, 50 and then everything from 73 to 83, and I think Asaph wrote Job. Have I talked to you about this before? Um, when I was writing my commentary on Job, it's in the library if you want to look at it, um, or I have a copy. Laura, do you have a copy of this, of that one, of Job? In the, in the introductory piece, there's a, a, a lineup of, I think it's 30 or 40 points of comparison between Job and the rest of Scripture. Like, who talks about Leviathan, behemoth? 
who talks about different, different phrases that are really unique to Joel but do occur other places in Scripture. And almost all of them aim at these dozen psalms by Asaph. And my conclusion, I didn't set out to, to prove that point. I set out to find out where did the author of Job get this language. And I found out, wow, there's this one author who is, seems to be all about Job, and like 30, 40 things that are, correspond. And, I, and I, I, I discovered that, and my, my conclusion is either Asaph was a big fan of the book of Job, or else maybe he wrote it. Now, the events in the book of Job took place during the lifetime of Isaac or Jacob, 1800 BC. But we think that Job was written during the time of Solomon or David, say 1000 to 900 BC, and that's the lifetime of Asaph always, also I should say. So he's one of David's and later Solomon's guys. He's got the right kind of language. So in my opinion, Asaph probably wrote the book of Job. So fair enough, I'll get off that horse now. The last guy, um, Ethan, uh, son of Cushahiah, he's also called Jeduthun in a couple places in the Bible. Um, he wrote Psalm 89, so he was a one-hit wonder, like Heman. Um, wrote just one cool song. And, uh, but um, he also seems to have been a really good conductor because David, Asaph, and others wrote psalms for him. So that'll occur like a Psalm of David written for Jeduthun, like he was a really good conductor. And so they, they or a ranger or something. So they, they liked him musically. So these guys. Their brother Levites assigned to serve with them on the second level were these guys. Second level probably is like when we have a band in school today. On the, on the bottom, you've got the woodwinds and the flutes and stuff. Then the second level behind them, Slightly louder instruments like the brass is back there. I know the flutes always hate it when the cornets are right behind them. And then in the back, who's in the back? The loudest? The drums and stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, so second level. Notice one guy on the bottom line here. Obed-Edom. Isn't he the guy whose house the ark rested at? And now he's invited maybe to be a gatekeeper. If it's the same guy, he's invited to be a gatekeeper. Kind of cool. Also appointed were these singers. Look in the middle, uh, uh, middle line. Um, they play the harps according to Alamoth. And then on the bottom, lyres to lead according to Sheminith. See those, those words? Alamoth is the Hebrew word for virgins. What kind of voices do virgins have? Probably high, right? Young girls, high voices. Um, the other one, Sheminith. Sheminith is the word for eight. So an octave down, low voices. <laughs> Kenaniah was musical leader of the Levites, directing the music. Why? Because he had the skill. And then gatekeepers of the ark, blowing trumpets before the ark. I'm not reading all the names here. And again, Obed-Edom and this Jehiah were also gatekeepers of the ark. You know, it, God had blessed the ark when it was at his house. So what does David say? Well, come and live here. Well, it's a new position. So I think the guy who made sure nobody got in there to look at the ark. You know, I mean, that's what he did. 
So maybe that's what he kept on doing. He locked it up at night so nobody could go sneaking in there to steal the Ten Commandments or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't need him, right? You just have a pile of bodies. Yeah. But still, yeah. Uh, just a little bit here. David, the elders of Israel, and the leaders of the units of a thousand, the Elohim, were going to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom. They were celebrating as they went because God was helping the Levites who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. I, w- I kind of wonder about that verse, helping the Levites. You know, hey, Tommy, I see you haven't got any shoes on. Doesn't the gravel hurt? Nope. You know, or how heavy is it, Bob? You know, oh, it's you know, pretty light. I don't know what I don't know what what helping the Levites meant, but they they noticed it. And then uh, our text here doesn't have it, but it does in Samuel. They took seven, st- uh, six steps, left, right, left, right. Can you imagine being a guy carrying the Ark of the Covenant after Uzzah died? Left, right, one more, six steps. Set her down, boys. We're making a sacrifice right now. God is with us. So that's what they did. They slaughtered seven bulls and seven rams right then and there. Um, David was clothed with a fine linen robe. What would David normally wear? King David. Corduroy. I think probably a kingly robe with, you know, I don't know, sequins or not like Elvis, different kind of a king, but something but here just a nice linen robe with all the levites who are carrying the arks the singers the kenaya the choir director for the singers david dressed like the choir same kind of outfit um with a special linen vest so i don't know if he had like like uh, fringe like sheriff woody or whatever but anyway he's got um all israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the lord with shouts with the sound of the ram's horn trumpets, cymbals, and with music on harps and lyres. When the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out through the window. She saw King David dancing and celebrating, and she despised him in her heart. Um, Chronicles doesn't go into this. Anybody know what the punishment was of Michael for despising her husband's dancing? Never had children. Never had children. Yeah, um, what she says is, you know, should I be happy that you were disrobing in front of, you know, all the dancing girls? And David wasn't disrobing. He just wore the same outfit as everybody else, you know, but he's dancing around. And I don't know if he's doing, you know, this or this or whatever he's doing. That's all the dancing I know, by the way. Um, so if you missed it, that's too bad. <laughs> Anybody else know a woman named Michael? I was thinking of an actress. She was the mom on the Waltons. Remember that show? Michael Learned was her name. A couple verses here in chapter 16. They brought the ark of God and set it inside the tent. David had pitched for it. Again, just a tent and not the holy of holies. They offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before God. So that's a good thing. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Difference between a burnt offering and a fellowship offering? Anybody know? The basic two offerings. Burnt offering goes to who? God. The whole thing burns up. Fellowship offering, we burn one shank, we cook the rest, and then what do we do? 
We eat it together. The sacrificer and the Levite who helps me, our families are in fellowship. And we eat together. So we, we, we eat together. When I was a kid, this reminds me really of the old fireman's festival in Poinette when all the dads would get to, we'd have, we'd have softball games and the whole town would show up and we'd grill chicken. I remember the smell of Kool-Aid the, from one particular corner, the smell of cigars and beer and unfiltered Chesterfield Kings. And uh, I had one friend with a terrible taste in gum and all those different smells. But the chicken was so delightful uh, to just, and watermelon, you know, just, just wonderful. He distributed to each and every Israelite, man and woman, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. David laid on the, the food. And I'm still thinking about when Mark brought in that, uh, the big giant pan of, uh, of a Rice Krispie bars. Thank you. That was pretty cool to illustrate this kind of point. He designated the following individuals from the Levites to serve before the ark and remembering, oh, by remembering, thanking, and praising the Lord, the God of Israel. What a group. How do you praise? You praise. How do you thank? You thank. How do you remember? Retell the stories. Asaph was the leader. Zechariah was directly under him. And these other men, Obed-Edom is, is there playing. Asaph was sounding the cymbals. Seems like the leader banged the cymbals. Why? Time. Kept keeping time. A bashy fortress is our bash. You know, I, 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 and, and keep in mind, we're not talking about a band of 30 kids. We're talking about you know, 7,000 Levites here. So somebody's got to keep the time. And then this name shows up again, Benaiah, and uh, Jehaziel, the priests were with trumpets, were, were, to continue, were, were to be continually before the Ark of the Covenant of God. This Benaiah is the guy who is there even when the transition is between David and Solomon 40 years later. Benaiah was faithful to David the whole time. But um, I'd like to close with, uh, if we could sing together tonight. Can we do that? The doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.